Sometimes the way down here gets rough When I look at Satan's bluff It's then I'll rise on the wings of faith For in God's word I am safe Lord help me run in the race Help me not bring you disgrace But let me rise on the wings of faith Until the day I see your face Now we can see the end inside happy to be in church tonight. Amen. Amen. I love that song that Brother Jeff sang. Whose report do you believe? We'll re- believe the report of the Lord. Amen. His report says we're healed, we're free, we're saved, we're delivered. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Well, we sure enjoyed the service this morning from Brother Moses. We're God's property, and we want to stand on that and enjoy the song service, Brother Jeff, and the specials tonight. And that's been our theme song, I'll Fly Away. It was so beautifully done, and, and the song, I Can't Even Walk without you holding my hand. And how many how many's enjoyed the special meetings a week ago? Amen. Amen. How God moved. Amen. I don't know if you've had an eventful week like mine the week after the special meetings, but she said yes, and I only had to get down on one knee, so God is good. God is good. Life is easy when you're up on the mountain, right? Well, Maybe we'll just change the order a little bit and we'll 
Go to the Lord in prayer. I, I have one written request that was brought in. It's my, for my grandparents, Joe and Maria, Brother Joe and Sister Maria, that are at home struggling with COVID. And I think that's it's still around. And so we want to keep in prayer and, and, and just remember them in prayer. And just also want to remember the service in prayer tonight. And if you have a need, maybe you'd lift it to the Lord with an uplifted hand. And if we can turn loose our faith, if we can just look to you, if we can look to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, He can meet every need. And Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your presence that's here and thank you for how you're so faithful and you're so true. And Lord, there's none like you. Lord, we love you, Lord. We want to give ourselves to you another time, Lord. And just pray that you'd come, Lord. I have nothing in myself, but Lord, when you come, Lord, you can do something. And Lord, each of us have nothing, but when you come, Lord, take these hands, we lift them up. Lord, let you be glorified. We have nothing without you. And thinking of the needs, Lord, I just pray you touch my grandpa and grandma, Lord, and I just pray you touch them, Lord. Go by their way. You know the, the struggle that COVID can be, and I pray you just clear up the airways. I pray you bring healing, oh God. Anyone else that would be struggling, Lord, sick, not feeling well, Lord, I pray that you'd heal them. I pray you'd touch them. I pray you'd deliver them, oh God. You're the healer. You're the deliverer. That's what your word of God, that's what the word of God said, Lord, and we believe it. And just pray you'd take this little thought now and anoint it, Lord, and I just pray you'd be in it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, God bless you. That's all the singing we'll do if we can turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 16 and 2 Corinthians chapter 4 after that. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. I have a little thought I'm calling tonight, turn loose your faith. And it's, it, you may or may not remember, but Brother Max actually took that same title and I asked him if it was okay if I could take his title from October about a year ago. And I, I can't preach like him, so we're all good. It'll come out differently. I haven't learned how to dance like that, but one day maybe. But we'll just look to the Lord. Turn loose your faith. We can sometimes hold back and limit. And, but when we've been taught all we've been taught, and when we've been living all that we've been living, there comes a day when we can say, I believe this promise of God. And this is for me, and this is mine. And, and see God move behind it. Turn loose your faith. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 would say, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, now what's your revelation? Whom do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And then he says a little bit more about these keys of the kingdom of heaven. He kind of gives a little bit more to it. What are these keys? What do they do? Where do they go? They, they take us to heaven, but what, what power do they hold? It says, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And I, maybe I'll give away the service just a little bit right off the bat. We've talked many times about binding Satan. But did you know you could bind God? If you bind him on earth, in earth, he's bound. In heaven, that's what it says, whatsoever. 
But if you lose him, if you can let him flow through you and say, God, I believe your promise, then Satan's bound and God is loosed through your life. And he can move. And he can move through our body, our hands. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 is a wonderful chapter. It talks about how we're persecuted, not dismayed, and cast down, but not destroyed, forsaken, and all these things, but we're not, we're not beaten down to the bottom. And then it says in verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, whatever you're going through, this is what it says, what our light affliction, in God's eyes, when you see the big picture, the big plan, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. God bless you. You can, you can have your seats and, and turn loose your faith. We start and we think a little bit about what faith is. Faith is something that's, it's an action word. Faith is something that is based in the word of God. Faith is something that has to be based in the word of God. Hebrews 11.1 1 would also say that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, the evidence of things that you can't see, taste, feel, smell, or hear. We're born in this earthly body with the ta- see, taste, feel, smell, or hear to contact this earthly realm, but God doesn't deal on that realm. God goes beyond. We can feel God in our emotion. We can feel God in our, our being. We can feel God when he comes in his presence. But that's not still the way he deals with us. He, we don't, he doesn't just deal with us in this earthly realm, but he deals with us in the soul. He looks be, we, look, we have to look beyond all of the fleshly things, all of the circumstances, and begin to believe from something deeper by taking a promise of God. Brother Branham would say in the message, looking at the unseen When a man once catches the vision of the invisible God and know that he's always present, there is something that stabilizes that man's thinking. It stabilizes his actions. And in the time of distress and troubles, it'll still make him look upward. It'll still make him look upward and above the things that are happening around him because he's looking at the unseen by promise. Faith is a substance, it's based in the word of God. Faith will set you into action claiming the promises of God. Amen. And a true faith is a revelation of the will of God in your life. And now we think about how many times when, you have, when you're going to have faith for something, when you're going to have a faith that would set out an action to overcome or be healed or, or claim a promise of God, you have to know where you stand. You have to know, is this truly the will of God? This thing I desire, is it in the word of God? Is it the will of God? And we know that his will is the word of God. It has to come from the Bible. It has to be one of the promises in the Bible. And there's many promises in the Bible that are great promises that many times we leave sitting in the Bible unclaimed, unfulfilled because we didn't claim it and we didn't take it and we didn't believe it. Another part about the finding the will of God, and I'm just moving quickly through this little part, but is what, what's our motive and objective towards it. Brother Brandon would talk about healing and he would say, well, why do you want to be healed? I could say, why do you want to be delivered? Why do you want your loved one coming back? What is it? Is it desire, burning desire for their soul? Is it something your own selfish? What, what would be the desire for the, the promise 
to be hit. When you can get those things in line, the promise can be fulfilled. And another element is God has an element of time. Brother Branham would, would, meant, would say um, about Moses, and he would talk a little bit about God's element of time. And he would say that God, faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word of God. God and his great marvelous promises, they're just as unfailing as more than the heavens and earth is itself. For heavens and earth will pass away, but God's word will never fail. It has to be. The main thing is if we can find where God's word belongs in our life. Many times we can claim a promise and we can set out in faith and then nothing happens for a long time. That doesn't mean a thing. Not if you keep holding on. Not if you keep holding on. Abraham staggered not at the promise of God. And he didn't waver and he held on for 25 years until that promise was fulfilled. The main thing is if we can find where God's word belongs in our life. God sets times and time limits. And then it all works to that time. Many of them before the coming of the Lord Jesus, there was many false things that rise up right at the same time as Jesus and said, this is the Messiah. And this is many false things taking place according to the scriptures just before the coming of the Lord Jesus. And people, now about the promises, people try to do it within themselves. Many times we can take a promise, we need this, we want this, and we begin to act on it of our own humanity. When it's to turn loose our faith, not our humanity, is to let go and let God, not us. We have nothing to do with it. I, I, think, I found it so beautiful so many times in my life where I can let go of a situation and just say, God, I commit it to you, and he works it out in the background. He works it out. I didn't do a whole lot of anything other than just have peace about it and find peace about it. He fights our battles. He does it. If we can turn loose him in us, if we can loose God and not bind God back and just with our own humanity hold back and say, I've got to take care of it. I've got to do it. People try to do it within themselves. They try to make God's word fit to their program, but you've got it vice versa. You've got to fit God's program. Now, Moses, he knew he, he was here knowing that God had made a promise that he was going to deliver the children of Israel. Why Moses knowing he was called for that purpose. Now, when you've got a call from God, that doesn't altogether mean you're just to jump right out and you're doing the will of God. You have to find the will of God and the time of God to do it. Moses thought, well, the children of Israel will understand now that I'm their deliverer. So he starts out and he only kills an Egyptian. And he found out that the children of Israel also did not understand. Then Moses lost all hopes, and this is what we can do. So many times we get in our own humanity, we try to make it happen, we try to bring it to pass, and then we start to lose all hope because it's gone sideways, and it's not the way it's meant to be because we got in the way. But Moses began to lose all, lost all hopes, the power that he had, thinking that freedom wasn't for the children of Israel. We can fight with something and struggle with something even within our lives that we can't overcome and we can't fight. The more we do it in our own humanity, the more miserable we become because we fail. But when he comes, but we can get all down and out about it and thinking there's no freedom left for us. There's nothing that we can have or that we can't get there because we've tried in our own humanity over and over. But when he comes, Moses had lost all thoughts of freedom. That's an amazing quote to me from the message. He had lost all thoughts of freedom. Till God met him one day in a burning bush. 
And then when God's season come along just exactly, he revealed his plan to Moses. Here's the battle plan. Here's how we're going to overcome. Take this stick. Take what you have in your hand and go forward. Loose your faith and I'll move behind you. The, mo- the reason that Moses had forgot about freedom, God's promise that he would free them, but God hadn't forgot about his promise. Moses tried in himself and failed. That's what the church has done many times. We tried in ourselves to do things when we fail to find God's element of time. So as we move, as we walk, as we're looking for these promises of God, as we're looking for God to move in our lives, just hold on. Just wait. Abraham patiently endured until he received the promise. Let God figure out the details. We don't have to do that. That's God's part. That's God's job. Brother Bradham would say, and one of the most beautiful, wonderful things of God and the Christian, the connection of the fellowship between God and Christians is that the sons, they are sons of God, are led of the Spirit of God. The greatest thing I've found in Christian life is letting the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. And his work is marvelous. How many in here has ever been led by the Spirit of God? Oh my, that's wonderful. There's no one, he would say, there was no one that would lead you to the altar but the Spirit of God. There's no one that would bring you here tonight unless it was the Spirit of God leading you. He moves in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. If you're here tonight, it's because God brought you here. It's not a coincidence. He has something he wants for you to hear. He has something to deposit in you. When God made man, he made him thus, for he made this little certain compartment. He made this certain compartment in the man for his own throne, his control tower. God wants to lead man, but man wants to lead himself. Therefore, there's a war constantly. The man wants to go after what he sees with his eyes. That's where he's deceived. That's where Satan deceived Eve, by what she could see. The fruit that was pleasant to the eye, but it was death to the soul. So it is tonight. God wants to lead man, so he made himself a little control tower in the midst of his heart, so that that man could be led by the Spirit of God. And that's what's true, and another quote, and that's what's true about human life today. The devil will lead you, right into the slaughter pen if he could. He'll lead you right into confusion. God's not the author of confusion. If we dwell in a realm of anxiety and confusion and all these things, that's not God. That's not God. Wait a little bit. Pray a little bit. Sing a little. Sing a song. Wait for the presence of God to come. Then let God lead you what to the right thing is, what the right path is. Don't dwell in that realm of confusion. He will lead you into confusion. He will let you see something that looks pretty and looks like it might be pleasant to the eye when the Holy Spirit is condemning it and saying not to believe it. So we should follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit always. And you cannot follow the leadings of the Spirit until the Spirit is in your heart to lead you. You know, we must be standing firmly in the Word of God. We have to be clean. We have to be clear. We can't follow the leading of the Spirit till we have the Spirit. And yet, And yet, the goodness of God leads you to repentance. So when you're wrong, God will lead you to the right because he wants you standing there. When you don't have the spirit, God will bring you to a place where you so desire the spirit that he fills you and he leads you. He wants to get you to that spot where you can lead and you can be led and you can be guided. 
Brother Brandon would say, as I've often remarked, what if I was standing here on top of one of these mountains tops, starving to death, and no one would give me any money, money, and a loaf of bread would save my life, and you come along and felt sorry for me, and you gave me a loaf of bread, or maybe you gave me 25 cents. Say that's the purchase price of a loaf of bread. You gave me 25 cents. Well, I can be just as happy with that 25 cents in my hand as I could with a loaf of bread in my hand. Why? Because I've got the purchase power of the loaf of bread. The only thing I have to do is walk over there at the store and get it. So when God makes a promise and we are standing in the spot where we can claim that promise, we have it. It's our purchase power. We have that promise of God and we can say, I want to go get it. Because it's no good to just hold it and just say, I believe the promise of God, but now we have to go claim it. We have to go fight for it. We have to say, this is mine. Faith never looks and says, I don't feel any better. Faith never looks and says, I don't feel any better. I don't see any better. I don't hear any better. Faith rejoices. Because you've already got the purchasing power of your healing. You're just as happy, know just as well as anything that you've already got it because you've got the purchasing price of it. Faith is that substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen, but there's a day where faith ends in sight. There has to be a day where faith ends in sight, where it's fulfilled. Otherwise, that promise was nothing. But when the promise comes all the way to a spot that you see your loved one come up the aisle, or you see your healing come and fulfilled, or you see your deliverance, you're living it. It ends in sight. It has to, because it's faith, and it's faith in something that's sure, and something that's true. If you you really believe it, everything in this Bible is yours. It's your faith. If you believe it, everything in this Bible is yours. We sing that old children's song, every promise in the book is mine, and I think sometimes we leave it right there, and we don't really stop and think about it. What are the promises we have in the book? What are these promises that we hold in the Bible that we can claim on to and say, that's mine? Sometimes you take one verse, and that can hold you and hold you because that's the one verse you need, and you have to keep going back to it. If the sun will set you free, you shall be free indeed. Hold on to it until you have it. That's a promise of God. That's one of the promises of God. One of the promises in the book. Now, there's a statement that's been made, and I think it's such a beautiful, profound statement, that God is a builder, not a performer. It's maybe a strange one, but God built his masterpiece, but the masterpiece was to speak. God indwelled Jesus. He formed him, but now Jesus was to go forth, and we know Jesus was God in flesh. But God would build something. God would have a prophet that he would form and shape and mold in a certain way. And then that prophet would step out and fulfill the word of God. We're coming in this day and this age. Jesus Christ on earth again today in the flesh. And he's built, building his masterpiece. His, his, his masterpiece on earth today. But we're to step out in faith and say that that's God in me. And start to recognize that if we can recognize what we are. We're an invincible army. If we can recognize that is actually me, when it says about the bride and all the exploits that she'll do right before a rapture, that's me. When it says the gifts are for me, when it says the healing is for me, when it says that spoken word is for me, can we believe it? Can we truly take it and turn loose and say, "That's, that's my promise. That's what I'm supposed to live. Brother Branham would say in a prayer line, we're strangers to one another. Where does God live in a human being? We're strangers to each other. Where does God live in a human being? 
in the heart. And he said, that's where your trouble is at. It's your heart. Not because of the lack of God, but by letting your faith loose to heal that heart trouble, you'll get well. Letting your faith loose. Relax. Believe him. Amen. It's not a workup. Faith has nothing to do with working up. It's believing it. It's knowing that he's God, and he said it, and he loves me. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. How many believes that with all your heart? Do you believe that God is here to make you well? Are you, and then he says, is the word made flesh? Is the word made flesh today in you and in me? What is it? No matter how much I believe, you've got to believe too. See, that woman touched his garment. She believed. If we could turn to the book of Psalms. Just take a quick look at this one. Psalms chapter 78. A scripture that's just jumped out at me and I, a few times. And it struck me the first time it really jumped out at me, I guess. And it's a scripture where God would be describing how the, the children of Israel would, 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 would follow God and then, and then they would rebel and follow God and rebel and these things and God kind of expressing this frustration even with how they would grieve him in the desert and if I'm getting it kind of all right. But he would talk about this, this one verse in verse 40 and 41. He would say this. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. So what did they do? Well, he's God, but they limited him. They only gave him so far. They, he could only do so, he was, they were walking in new clothes every day, fed by manna every day. They were okay with that. They were, all of these things were happening miracle after miracle every day. They'd obviously forgotten how normal clothes worked and how normal food worked. They were so used to the miracles, and yet they limited him. When it came to maybe the waters of Mara, they thought, oh, God can't do that. Or when it came to a, some battle that they would have to fight, oh, I don't know about that, and we got to go back to e Egypt. They limited God. God help us to be the generation, and we are, that won't limit God. That we can take the limits off God. We can say he's unlimited. He's unlimited in power and in life and in love and in demonstration. It says in Matthew, the opening scripture, and I will give talking to Peter, he said, I will give thee the keys of the kingdom and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So if we bind him in this earth, where is he bound? He's bound, he can't move, God. But whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he can fight for you. David loosed him on earth. In this earth, when he took up those five stones and he saw that giant that was making his boast day after day after day, but David picked up those five stones, he put the faith in the slingshot and he began to swing and he loosed his faith and God moved behind it and took out his enemy. There was, a, there was a group of men that, that listened to David's desire of a drink of water from the, the waters that he had grown up with. And those men loosed their faith and fought through miles of Philistines. They turned loose on a desire of their king. What can we do when we turn loose our faith? Just stepping out on what God has called us to do. He called you to do it, like Gideon. He put out those fleeces, all those things, but when it came down to it, God had called him to do it, and he went and did it. And he won. And he won what he was supposed to win. What is it? The power of God. And the message the power of God. God rules in nature. And he says, who hangs the stars at night? What science could do it? 
You argue, what is God, or is God real? How, how, could you, how could God not be real? What science could do it? Who sets the sun in the evening and it rises up in the morning? Who holds the worlds in its orbits? The power of God. Who holds your soul? The power of God. Hallelujah. The power of Satan is limited. The power of God is unlimited. The power of Satan is limited. He's only bound to time and space and all of these things, and one day he'll end. He won't carry over into that eternal realm again. He'll be stuck in that little time realm, and, and eventually that'll be gone forever. Amen. Satan is unlimited, but what's in us, what's in you, and what's, what God is, who God is, it's unlimited. There's no limits to God. Brother Brandon would say, you know, sometime, I was told some time ago that they had a jet plane that can make the noises we hear around that shakes the windows. When that plane has gone so fast that it crosses its own sound, called the sound barrier, when it goes beyond its own sound barrier, it's almost unlimited what it'll do. I think in here that we get a lesson, that when we can go beyond our own sound barrier, Brother Brandon would say in another message, our own sin barrier, when we can get beyond the sin barrier, I think he would say, into the word of God, then it's unlimited what God can do with a man that's ready to go beyond the camp, the camp of man. When we can get beyond our own humanity and let go and let God, I don't have to figure it all out. That's God's job. That's God's battle. This, the battle is the Lord's. We get so caught up in situations and we get let in, put into this and put into that. And you know, I was, I was thinking on this thought or spoke on this thought and led into temptation. Did you know we can be led into temptation? It sounds strange, but what it is is God leading us to situations to prove to Satan and prove to us who, what's inside and to overcome. It's a strange thing, but Jesus was led of the spirit to be tempted of the devil. Even though he himself prayed, lead us not into temptation. But God lets us put, go into situations where what happens in those situations is things go sideways. Moses had a red sea, or Jonah in a, in, a, in a fish. Brother Bram said he wasn't out of the will of God. Jonah in a fish, or these different, he was a sign to a wicked and adulterous generation, a sign of the resurrection. Three days and nights in the belly. So there, Moses had a Red Sea or Jonah in the fish. They were led into these spots. They were put into these spots for a purpose. Jonah at, or Moses at the Red Sea with everything behind him and the Red Sea in front of him. What is he going to do about it? That's why we're, and it was God that put him there. We get put in situations that look so wrong and so off and so this. But if God is there and if we're living right and if we're in the right spot, it's not, we can go off on our own way. We can easily go off on our own way and in sin and in wrong. But when the situation around us and we've been walking with God and God's been leading us this far and now we hit a spot where something's wrong in the family or something's wrong in the body or something we're fighting with. God brought you this far. What's your reaction? What are you going to do? God said to Moses, why are you crying to me? Speak and go forward. You're led into, overtation, but God, into temptation, but God led you there. He brought, we forget that God brought us there. We, we feel off and we feel like something's wrong, but we feel like maybe God's not with us anymore, but he's still with you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That's another promise of God. We can go right through that temptation, that trial, that situation. God will bring you through to the other side. Brother Branham would say, Heavenly Father, we're taught in the Bible, there is people here who believe every word that you said in the truth is the truth. 
Lord, sometimes they stagger and punch at the keyhole with the key, that key of faith, with the key missing it, scraping, but they believe it's there. Just keep, let, let them keep punching. They'll find it, for it's there. Just let them keep punching. If, you're, if you've been looking, trying to get that faith in the keyhole and trying to get that promise of God, keep going at it. Keep punching at it. All things are possible. That key is the, and that key is the right key. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. As the song is being sung now or played. We begin to think, we hear this, there's promises of God, and I know we know this, but we think, well, what are the promises of God? What are these promises in the word of God that we say that phrase, but what are they? What are some examples? What's something I can latch on to? In John chapter 6, verse 37, it says this, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and to him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. So when you come to God, he won't cast you out. That's a promise for all that the Father has given him, of all that the Father has given him. For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And then he says a little bit about the will of the Father. So when it's God's will, it's a beautiful thing, because that's what God wants to do, and it's a promise. And this is the Father's will which he hath sent me. Of all that he has given me, I shall lose nothing. Take that for your loved ones. This is the Father's will which hath sent me. That of all that he hath given me, I shall lose nothing, but shall raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. That's a promise. We all have loved ones that we look to, that we want, that we desire. And there's been such a burden and a growing for that, I feel, lately, right here. That God would bring home the prodigals. That God would bring them down the aisle. and That there would be something that would move and God would bring them home. Don't let up now. I believe we're entering the season of that now. I believe this is the time now. It's the will of the Father that all that he has given will come. All that he has given will come. Don't let loose of it now. Just give it a little more time. Give it a little more love. Give it a little more patience. A little more something. A little more saltiness in your life. God will do the work though. Let God do the work. We're not the intercessor between God and man. God is. Jesus Christ is. The man Jesus was the intercessor. Don't look to try to make something. But let God do the work. As God leads you to say something, say it. But let go and let God do it. Let God lead. Let God guide. When they came, in another scripture, it would say, um, sorry, Exodus chapter 15. We'd say in Exodus chapter 15, verse 23, and when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murdered against, murmured against Moses, not murdered, but close, against Moses saying, what shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And when he had cast had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet, and he made for them a statute and an ordinance. And there he proved them and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in thy sight, and wilt give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I put upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Brother Brandon would preach a service called Dr. Moses or Dr. Jesus, I think. What's in his bag? I am the Lord that healeth thee. That's another promise of God. 
from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Not just a, a, a graven image of some kind that doesn't fulfill their word. But this is God speaking. When, he, when you have something that would come, you can say, God, I claim that promise. I turn loose my faith. I believe that I'm standing in the right place. I'm standing on the will of God. I, I have the right motive. I've checked. Now, God, I claim you. I take you at your word. Another one that we know, if the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And another one in Psalms 37 this is so beautiful, this one. Sometimes you wonder where to go or how to line your life, but the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Amen. That's a promise. That's a promise. Sometimes we feel like, oh, I don't know what, but if you're in prayer and you're submitted to God and you're letting God lead, he is leading. That's what the scripture says. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. That's what the word says. He shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. A righteous man will fall, but he'll get up again. Brother Brandon would say a righteous man is not a sinless man. A righteous man is one that's confessing his sins in the righteous one. So we stay in his righteousness. It has nothing to do with our works. We have to live right, but we let him do the living. Let him live. He does the overcoming through you. When you let go and let God, you want to look right. You want to act right. You want to dress right. You want to do it right. It's God that puts the desire and lives it out through you. He does the whole thing. Another promise that's right in that same set of verses. I have been young and now I'm old. Yet have I never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. God's the provider. God is the way maker. God doesn't leave us forsaken or, or begging or in these spots. God will provide. God makes a way. He's all powerful. He's almighty. Another one in, 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 in Numbers chapter 14. This is when there was an evil report given to the children of Israel. And all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried about going over into the new land and Jericho and all these things. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would God that we had died in the wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? What doubt? Those were not people that were taking God at his word. There were people that were looking at the seen, but not at the unseen. If they could have seen the angels around them, if they could have seen all that was behind them, were it not better for us to return unto Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make a captain. Let us return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the children of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes and spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, "The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land, and it's God's property. The Lord, if the Lord delight in us, and He does, then He will bring us into this land." And give it to us, a land that floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord. Neither fear, this is another promise to me, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. 
They're what we eat. They're, what they're the substance that we'll have. They're, they're nothing for us, for their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. That's the promise of God. That's the promise of God. Jesus would say, for with God, for with, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. This isn't about stepping into our own humanity and trying to make something happen. But there's something about letting go and letting God. Turning loose that faith that we've been taught and we've learned and we've been instructed so well in the word for so long. But now let's take it and put it in action. Let's take it and let it live through us. And truly, when we loose the spirit of God in our lives, we can also bind the Satan that would come in our lives. There's a millennium coming and Satan will still be alive and around but he'll be bound with the chain of circumstance. And that chain of circumstances, there's no one in the millennium to work through. There'll be no one that will surrender to that. There'll be no one that could surrender to that. So he'll be there watching the party, and he can't do a thing about it. Bound by a chain of circumstance. But what happens when we let him live today? We can bind him, in, whatsoever you bind in earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you bind will also be bound. Bind the Satan in your life. Don't look at the things that he would want you to go to. Don't feed your spirit on these things. Bind him in your life. Hold him back. Let him, let him, let him starve himself out. Don't let the Satan have any, don't let Satan have any room to be loose in your life. Don't let him. You don't have to. You don't have to. We can bind him in our lives and we can hold back the devil and let him be cast out and under our feet. Yes. Not having room to run in our minds or run in our lives. That's not his place. No. That's not what we're supposed to have. Loose the grudge and you bind Satan. Loose the temper and you bind Satan. Loose these other things. Let forgiveness come and you'll bind Satan. Then he can't move anymore. You let, him, you let it go. It's gone. Brother Brandon would talk about that vision of binding the mamba. And he said, you have the power to bind it and unbind it and loose it. But you need to be more sincere. He says, that you could, you, this, you'll be able to have power over this, the worse, or any. We need to be more sincere. Luke chapter 15. I'll... Chapter 15, verse 11, the prodigal son. A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the, son, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And while he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent, in, sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would have fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, we look at what the right use of imagination is. We have memory, imagination, conscience, affections. Imagination gets us into a lot of trouble if we just build our own little fantasy world and live on it. Truthfully, but there's a good use for imagination to project a well person and walk into it if you're sick. What about projecting that loved one coming home and walking into it? What about projecting that freedom and walking into it? Here's a verse. 
this moment, you can see it, however you see it, and begin to imagine and believe it. And he came to himself. And she'll come to herself. My son will come to himself. My daughter will come to herself. My wife will come to herself. Let God put that in your mind. Imagine the moment of rejoicing. Imagine the moment of joy. Let God get you there. Don't figure out the path maybe between there and now. But let God bring you to that outcome. That's the promise of God. All that will come to me. And he came to himself. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. And he ran. And he ran to him. And he, and he fell on his neck and kissed him. That's the father's reaction. So that's our reaction too. When the prodigals come home, that's our reaction too. He ran and he had compassion and he ran and he fell on his neck and he kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But he wasn't even listening to that. He said, but the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe. And put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. Now there's a scripture I don't want to fulfill, and it's these next four verses or so. I don't want to fulfill this. This is not what I want to fulfill. It's there, it can be fulfilled, but we don't have to fulfill this. Now the elder son, in verse 25, now the elder son was in the field, And he came and drew nigh to the house, and he heard music and dancing. And he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry. God help us not to fulfill that. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and entreated him. Think of God entreating you. Your brothers come home. Rejoice. Be glad. And he answering, and he said unto his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as thy son was come home, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, he didn't do good things. He had devoured thy living with harlots. Thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. This is for us. All that I have is thine. And it was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother is dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. I don't want to be the one fulfilling that. I want to be rejoicing. When the prodigals come home, we get in line for the miracle. We get in position to receive the promise of God. When our healing comes, we rejoice. When our deliverance comes, we rejoice. When a prodigal, when our, when our brother, our sister, someone that struggled comes home, it's not about purgatory for five years. No. Let them grow. Let them live. Give them time. Give them space. But let God do the work and us rejoice. And us be a friend and a comfort and a, a, a helper and someone that would stand with them and be with them and help them all the way back to the fold. Bring them all the way back home. Don't keep them halfway out or part of the way, but bring them all the way back home. 
There's a life for them to live. There's the Holy Ghost loves them. He's going after them. I believe even now the Holy Spirit's been sent out even after those meetings, after our loved ones. He's been sent out. But how will we receive them? Let's make a party. Let's rejoice and be glad. The, the son that was lost is found. The son that was dead is alive. Oh, God is good. That's what we want to be. This message is a message of grace and love. This message is not just rules. We have that. There's a standard. But there's something that we ought to live of love and of joy and peace. There's something that should make the love of God constrains us. The love of God, not the rules of God. The love of God constrains us. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Let God do the work and pull hearts back in and pull lives back in and let's be there. Let's be there loving and ready and ready for that, that day, that celebration. Oh my. If our foundation is firm and sure in Jesus Christ, then brother, there's nothing can shake you. Brother Branham would say, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. After he had patiently endured, he said, can you say, do the same thing this morning? Can you set your faith and say, it's thus saith the Lord. And no matter what comes or what goes, whether today is easy, tomorrow's hard, the next day they're teasing you, the next day they're making fun of you, the next day they say I'm crazy, I endure. After, not before he endured, but after he endured. I believe sometimes these things, different situations, all kinds of things come. What is our reaction? God is molding a bride to have love and grace and joy and peace and all of the fruits of the Spirit. That's why things come and situations happen. Sickness comes, trials come, temptations come to see if we can patiently endure and if we can overcome. He that endureth temptation. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Satan will come and say, oh, now I tell you, you're just a little worked up. You're just, you might as well just be kind of, kind of reasonable about this. It's thus saith the Lord, Satan. It's thus saith the Lord. No matter how hard it comes, what it looks like, what anybody says, I want to with patience, not fretting. person can't have patience and fretting all the time. You just got to set your sails right straight there and walk right on. No matter what takes place, move right on. Listen, I'm going to say something. Faith is unconscious. You believe it? I've learned that in the years of travel around the world and meeting peoples of all different walks. But faith is unconscious. You have got faith and don't even know it. Jesus Christ, no matter if he was in a storm and the gale is knocking the boat from side to the other, or he was standing in the face of a mess of demons, if he was hanging anywhere, it never moved him. He walked right on. Just as calm and as quiet as he could be, he was simply unconscious of fear or anything around him. That's right, whether it was going to happen or whether it wasn't going to happen, he knowed it was going to happen because God said so. He didn't say, oh, I have just, well, have I prayed through? I wonder if I fasted long enough. Wonder if I did this. He just walked right on, unconscious. He believed what God said was the truth. The words must be fulfilled. If you're here to fulfill, and you're here to fulfill it too. Just walk unconscious of fear. Walk unconscious of criticism. Walk unconscious unto the world. Walk as you walk in Christ. Walk with him. 
not paying any attention, the right or the left, just keep on moving. If something comes in the church, walk with God. Hallelujah. If sickness strikes you, walk with God. If the neighbor don't like you, walk with God. Just keep on walking. That's turning loose your faith. That's turning it loose. It's saying, I don't care what I see, I look to the unseen. Enoch one day walked like that. You know what he done? He walked all the way home with God. Got so far up the road, he didn't want to come back anymore. Walk with God. The doctor says you're going to die. Walk with God. Doctor says you can't. Well, walk with God. That's all. God promised you, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you to the end of the world. And he took an oath that by that covenant that he would give you, that he would confirm it. You'll have your ups and downs. Don't worry. You've got to go through the briar patches, over sharp rocks, over bluffs, down over the hillsides, up through the mountains, over waters, but walk with God. The same feeling that's here, the same anointing that's here isn't always so present on Monday morning. Walk with God. It's something that's got to go deeper than just the feeling. It's got to go to the soul. Walk with God. There's so many hills to climb upward. You heard that old song, how little it'll seem when you get to the end of the way. Just look there, all that's been. Look back at your footprints. Won't be very much. After he had endured, he obtained that promise. Brother Brandon would say, I've stood in foreign fields with a Quran in one hand of the Mohammedan religion, which is one of the greatest in the world, and with the book of Buddha and a Bible in this hand, and say, somebody's got to be wrong. There's, got, there's too much difference. Somebody's got to be right if there's a God. Now let's prove and see which one is right. And he'd make this statement. Don't never be afraid to bringing the word of God to a showdown. If there's a promise in your life, if there's a situation, if there's something, say, God, I'm calling you on this promise. I want to see you move. There's an element of time. There's an element of waiting. But I believe God will, if that time is way off, God will bring a peace and a faith too to hold you through that until it comes to pass. God will fulfill his word. God will bring you to a spot where you can say, I believe it. I don't see it today. I don't see it tomorrow. But I believe it will be. We can base our thoughts on this, that God has promised. If you were here this morning, you'd say, well, Brother Bill, I've had an up and down life. I've always wanted to live a Christian life. I just could never get myself settled down. Well, I can base my promise, my faith to this, my brother, sister, this morning. If you will make that complete consecration right now, don't wait till you come to the altar. You can come up here and say, I've now, I now have accepted it. But right now where you are, say, God, be merciful to me, a backslider or a sinner or whatever it is. I now base my hope on nothing but your word. I believe it. Then, brother, something's going to take place because you've got a real foundation. For God will in no wise cast you out. Temptations come. There'll never be a temptation unless he gives you grace to bear it. There'll never be a temptation unless he gives you grace to bear it. And he's promised to meet you on every battlefront right there and he'll bless. You'll get to the place you say, well, Brother Bill, I have so many temptations. Tell me one Christian that doesn't have temptations. How many has temptations? Me too. Tell me one Christian that doesn't have temptations. We never come to a picnic. We've come to a battleground. We've come out here to fight the enemy. Why, sure, we don't put on our army just to be looked at. If you become a Christian just to be looked at, why, I'm, I'm afraid you're in the wrong place. Christian is sometimes looked down upon or made fun of, but we come as a warrior. 
comes sprinkled in the blood, the old rugged cross going before us, the morning star lighting up the way, why we're on our road somewhere, don't care what the world says, what God said. The field belongs to us, God said so. We're on the road. If we get knocked down out on the battlefield here, if this earthly tabernacle is gone, we've already got one waiting up yonder. There's nothing to be scared about. Everything belongs to us because Christ has redeemed us through him. We know that story of that, 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 that dad that was with his sick kid, I think, in the hospital. Brother Branham had prayed for them, and there was that nurse's chart. And finally going in and kneeling down by the side of the baby, he just prayed a, prayed a simple little prayer, laid his hands upon the baby, said, Lord God of heaven and earth, who created all things, you gave the divine power to break the power of Satan over this life. In the name of Jesus Christ, Satan come out of the child, it shall live. Turned around, and Brother Branham would turn around, and the father would say, thank you, Lord, thank you. That's the right reaction. Mother and them began to laughing and going on. The little nurse was upset. She was looking at the chart. She was looking at the world and the, the earthly symptoms. The little nurse was upset. She said, say you know how. Say it's all right to have faith, but that baby is dying. Said, how can you act so unconcerned about it? Why, you must have misunderstood the doctor. Said, the doctor said the baby is dying. It's been unconscious now for over a day. Said, you've misunderstood the doctor. And that old patriarch said, no, I, I didn't misunderstand the doctor. Said, I heard what he said. Said, the baby is dying. But see why you see when this cardiogram shows that the heart in this condition, it's never in all history ever raised up again, she said. In all history, the way the beats are. And said, it's all right to have faith, but it can't, faith can't do nothing now. That's what Satan whispers to us. Satan will tell you that faith can't do anything now. You've gone too far. You're, you're too far into this, or the situation's too difficult. It's too dark. It's too this. It's too that. Faith can't do nothing now. That old man with a steady finger looked at the nurse and said, lady, you're looking to that chart, but I'm looking to a divine promise. I'm looking at something so much more real, so much more real than what we see and what we hear. And then Brother Brandon would say, the boy is even married now. All right. He laid up like that for 24 hours, laid, and all at once, the heart began to come up. He was healed. When a divine promise is made, God is solely under oath and obligation to take care of any of his promises. He's under oath to take care of any of his promises. A German painter had painted a picture called The Cloudland, Brother Brandon would talk. And when you see it off at a distance, it's the horriblest looking gloom you've ever seen, a painting. Just looks gloomy and dark and just clouds matted together when you're looking at it from a long distance. But when you get real close to it, it changes. It's angels' wings beating together, singing hallelujahs to the Lord. So that's what gloom is sometimes. If you look at it a long distance, it looks gloomy and dark. But you take God at his word and be certain that he's God, no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, no matter what it looks like. You move up close, you'll find it's just angels' wings are beating together. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you, and he never will. No matter the circumstance, no matter the trial, he promised all things would work together for good to them that love him, to them that are the called according to his purpose. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. We get so beaten down sometimes. I'm kind of drawing to a close. We get so beaten down and so condemned. And, you know, guilt are devils. Guilt is a devil. Condemnation is another devil. 
It's not of God, so it's got to be a devil. Conviction is one thing. But when Satan beats you down, that's just a devil. And the name of condemnation or guilt or that weird feeling that you get that makes you feel unworthy and low and worthless, that's the devil. That's not God. God lifts you up. God brings you to repentance and then God lifts you up. God brings you higher. Holy Spirit's conviction is one thing, but Satan just hounding your memory, that's the devil. Tell him to go. I remember going up to a prayer. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll t- I went up to a prayer line with Brother Timothy Pruitt up in Grenthal. And I was, you're fighting with anxiety. And I told him that. And he said, well, tell him to go. <laughs> tell him to go. We have the right. Tell him to get out. He has no right to make you anxious and depressed and worried and all of these things. He's got to go. And God's going to stay. Tell him to go. Tell him to leave when you're, you're in the kitchen and you're working away and the, the Satan seems to come down or, or you're working on something in the shop or whatever it would be. Satan comes down with discouragement or whatever it would be. Tell him to get out. Yes. Keep moving on. Replace that thought with something of the word of God. Yes. And you'll have victory and you'll overcome. Brother Brandon would say, we, we get to feeling all unworthy and so out of it. So, and when we feel unworthy and we feel like we're not in the right place, then we don't have faith for the promise of God. That's what Satan, reducing the faith. That's all he's doing. It's a secret. Because you don't feel like you can truly lose your faith. Because you don't feel right. You don't feel this. Or you don't feel worthy. Or you don't. That's just the devil. Keeping you back. Limiting your faith. Brother Branham would say, invisible union. You are the pure, virtuous, sinless bride of the son of the living God. That's how God sees you. We're not beggars. I love how. We're not beggars. You're the pure, virtuous, sinless bride of the Son of the living God. Every man and woman that's born of the Spirit of God and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and believes every word of God stands as though you never sinned in the first place. I don't know if we believe that sometimes. I think sometimes we think we're living under the blood of bulls and goats and we need to kill another goat or something and live under the condemnation. I think sometimes we live that way. But it's paid for already. Once and for all by one sacrifice. He paid forever for them that are justified. You never sinned in the first place. You are perfect. The blood of Jesus Christ. If we can catch a true revelation of that, how God truly sees us and that we're living in the word and in faith, confessing our sins in the righteous one, how can he hold back what he's promised? How could he? He's a good God. He's our God. He's our husband. He's come and called us and he's going to take us home one day. We're not beggars. We're the bride. I wonder if the musicians could come. Brother Brandon would say one more quote just as we'd go. I want a a quote that's helped me and I just, I love this quote. Maybe not, I think I know it from maybe a different message, but I found this one. And he said, as it was in the days of Lot, as we go through it last night, the days of Lot, what happened in the days of Lot, so would it be in the coming of the Son of Man. These things we are promised, so many more scriptures, to keep from taking up time a little while and the world won't see me no more. Cosmos, the order of the world, the church age, they won't see me no more. Ye shall see me, for I will be with you, even in you to the end of the age. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. What is it? God's provided sign, God's provided way. Abraham waiting for the son. The last sign that he saw before the destruction. We're waiting, we're looking for the coming of the Lord and it's here. But we're looking to be taken home. The last sign he saw before the destruction of the Gentiles was God manifested in human flesh. 
that know the secrets of the hearts of Sarah while she was in the tent. Jesus said that'll return again at the coming of the Son of Man. I wonder if we could play Turn Your Eyes on Jesus. That'll return again at the coming of the Son of Man. You've got to have faith in what you're doing. If you haven't got faith, if you're just taking it presum- presumingly, the word presume, according to Webster, is to adventure without authority. But when the word promises it, when the word promises it, and God stands behind that word, you're not presuming anymore. You're ex- doing exactly what God said to do, and he's duty-bound to back it up. And now the story, that I, this is the story I just love. Great famous a revivalist many years ago. I seen him when, he was a, when I was a little boy. It was Paul Rader. He told a story one day that always stuck with me. He said, one day we were cutting wood. He was a logger up in Oregon and said the boss told him to go up top of the hill. He was dreaming where he was really at at the time. He was down in the islands and took a fever and he was real hot and he was dying, but he had this dream. And the boss, he was a logger in Oregon and this dream and the boss said to go up to the top of the hill and they went and, and they'd went for a doctor, but he was dying and it was miles away. And before the doctor could get there, Paul began to fade away, getting sicker and sicker. He called his faithful wife and said, dear, it's getting dark in the room, darker, closing in. And he went back into a coma. And when he did, he said he dreamed he was in this coma and his boss sent him out to cut a certain tree. And he found the tree and he fell the tree and he stuck his ax into it. He just reached down to pick it up and he couldn't pick it up. He said his strength was depleted. He said he just couldn't pick it up. We get to those spots. We just couldn't, we can't move it. We can't do anything about it. And surely we can't. He couldn't pick it up. He said, he said, all the size that tree is, surely I could pick that up. Let me try again. And he got down and he lifted and he just toiled till he was wore out. And he sat down aside of the tree and he said, I just don't know what I'll do. The boss requires this tree down there at the camp and I'm too weak to bring it down. He said he turned, he heard the sweetest voice he ever heard. It was his boss that spoke, but he said when he turned to see who his boss was, it was the Lord Jesus. And he said, Paul, what are you fighting so about? What are you all flustered about? You see that water running over there? Why don't you just throw the log in the river and ride it down? Ride it down to camp. He jumped on the log and he started going down the ripples, screaming at the top of his voice, I'm riding on it. I'm riding on it. Brother, sister, Jesus Christ promised these things to happen in the last days. I believe we're living here. I believe that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know how it's happened, but I'm riding on it. I believe that it's the truth because it's the gospel, God's provided way. I believe it's the message of the hour, the time that we're living in, God's provided way. I'm riding on it. He says, won't you jump on with me while we bow our heads? He begins to pray, Heavenly Father, while we're riding down into glory upon thy word, we believe that thy word is truth. Oh God, may every man and woman tonight climb aboard the word and remember that as long as they go down through the journey, they can confess, I'm riding on God's promise. It'll take me right into glory. It's God's provided way for me today. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. If we could just stand, maybe we could sing that song softly. Oh, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things 
of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Oh, and turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory. 